Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, 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 hey, welcome to the Lion's Den, everybody. Hey, just to let you guys know, um, we won't have Seth this show, but we're still going to do our thing, me and my boy Larry. We're going to be hosting this, and uh, I think we'll have an excellent show. Larry, how you feeling today? Absolutely, absolutely, man. Shout out to Seth, man. We'll see you on the next one, but uh, I'm feeling good, man. It's been a pr- pretty chill weekend. My team got knocked out of the, the bracket yesterday, but it's been a bunch of bracket busters, so I don't feel Yo, too it, bad now. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's kind of wild, man. I know us Tennessee had all these expectations, and they get knocked out the first the first round, but a whole bunch of people got knocked out the first round. Yeah, so that's why I say I don't feel too bad now. But hey, I'm still gonna watch it, man. I think it's Gonzaga and Baylor to lose. Man, I ain't watching that last night. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, like but. That. But since we are, since we are missing a key player, you know, we we I, I had to do some digging. I was like, man, I need to have another host. You know what I mean? And I think I've been watching this guy's like, hey, he would be great for this show, man. So I wanted to introduce Mr. Uh, Lance Garnett from a, a podcast, part of my Ugly to the Set. Come on through. What's up, brother? What's happening, gentlemen? Gentlemen, was good. Good man. How was your week? Hello. Long week, man. Long week. About to start another one. But you know, nothing special. You know how I go. Just working. All right. Hey, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Man, well, I do a uh I do a podcast called Pardon My Ugly with Tiffany Bedfield. That's my home I've known for like 20 years. So do we, we do a podcast basically uh and the idea of the podcast is we talk about things that are not safe for work, not uh considered PC friendly, the uncomfortable, controversial topics unpopular opinions, things like that. So we just take those conversations that people typically don't have, what they say, don't have in mixed company. Uh, and we have real conversations about that. And then I do it from uh, the group called Pardon My Ugly. Not a group. It's a whole different ball game. <laughs> no, they got this. That's, they, they, it's kind of a whole different culture in there. It's fun, but it, it turned up. But they way more uh, controversial than my actual show. You know what I'm saying? So we do got uh, the, just like you guys, we got YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, and then I also got my part of my ugly merch, which you can find on partmyugly.com. So it's part of my ugly everything, man. And I'm just a right. single father from the Chicagoland area. You know what I'm saying? I just like part of my friend, I just like to talk shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what I do on my show. We talk shit and we talk to regular people. We don't do a lot of a lot of like celebrity interviews. I basically like to talk to people just like myself, everyday people, and get our opinions on what's happening inside. Our culture, right. our community, hip hop culture, black culture, all encompassing. I love it. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, that's something that we definitely can dig and get into. But hey, the man of the hour. Uh, we have a guy coming on. I've been trying to get with him to get on his show because I know that he he has a lot of value. Um, he he coaches young men for a living, and you know the podcast. What we do, we talk about professional development, leadership, and growth for the call to action. And I mean, this guy's on the ground doing it day in and day out you know because i i believe coaching goes extends beyond the field so hey ladies and gentlemen please welcome mr brandon shelby what's going on what are you guys doing today we're good man we normally have a little hand clap thing man but we ain't got that seth took that with him so we ain't we ain't got it today coach how you doing i'm good man i'm all right blessed and uh enjoying this good weather watching some good basketball some of these uh, underdogs knocking out some of the big boys so 
it's been a good good day hanging hanging and chilling out with the family. Okay. Hey, All so right. so what we what we want to do today, man? We want we want to talk a little bit about the the culture of coaching young men, right? Uh, how how that is. Can you ask t- tell me like what is the biggest difficulty for you when it comes to coaching young men? What is the first thing that pops to mind when you like, man, I, I'm I'm doing this job. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say it's, it's a difficulty. It's a, it's a challenge because ultimately you, you have a, a team of 125 men, young men from all different walks of life, all different parts of the country. And how do you get these guys to, to join this family, to join this this vision and, and really in, in some aspects kind of put yourself um, yourself to the side and, and join this team. And so that's kind of the biggest challenge, but ultimately like anything else about relationships, you know, uh, relationships and, and anything that you do, um, it, it joins a team and it joins young men and, and they, and they know real, you know what I'm saying? I think that's one thing that, that you, when you, when you're with these young guys, they understand if it's just recruiting talk, they feel your passion, they feel your love. And, and that's really, you know, what I would say the biggest challenge, but ultimately I think that's the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest positive too, is when you do get that young man, uh, to, to join the team and, and he watch him reach his goals and, and stuff like that. All right, Coach, I want to ask you, uh, just for the fans that are or fans, our audience that don't know really how you got to where you where you are, can you kind of backtrack a little bit and kind of put that in the high points of how you got to where you currently are? Well, I tell you what, it's a whole lot of prayer for my grandma and them. That, that's first and foremost, you know what I'm saying? But uh, actually, I, I'm just like anybody else, you know. I, I'm uh, from Kansas City, you know. Uh, my dad, uh, my parents were big on education, and and they were big on uh, making me do a lot of things as a, as a young child. I didn't specialize in one sport like a lot of these student-athletes, these guys are doing now. Uh, we played baseball, basketball. We did, we did everything, golf. My parents put me in a whole lot of things, and then I found what I love to do. And then my parents put me a great opportunity to, to nourish that, right? And they made me, uh, uh, once I committed to it, they made me do it. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I, I did that all through Little League, did it through high school, uh, was blessed enough to play at the University of Oklahoma for Bob Stoops, and uh, uh, had a great career there. I uh, was part of a couple of national championships in the Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl. And, and, and then, you know, to be honest with you, I never even thought about even being a coach. And a guy by the name of Bo Pelini, who was uh, LSU's old defense coordinator uh, and uh, was my position coach my senior year. And I, I graduated from the business school there at, uh, at Oklahoma, and I took a job in the old company. And before I was leaving, I ran into him, and he told me, hey, man, have you ever thought about coaching football? I never had done it. And um, I went in to uh, talk to Coach Stoops, and he said, I tell you what, you know, why in the world would you want to do this? And I just said I have a love for the game, and he gave me opportunity, and then – you know, from there, I, I was blessed to go work for Mike Stoops, who was uh, at the University of Arizona, where I GA'd. I went to graduate school there uh, for, for a year. And then I went to the University of San Diego, Portland State, uh, Monroe, Louisiana. And then I've been fortunate to be here at Indiana for the last uh, 10, 11 years. So that's just kind of a quick spin of it, right? Um, but each uh, along the way, I had to work my way up and had to persevere. And, and that's kind of how where I'm at today. So. Let me ask you this. Um, I know you're around almost 40 something. So you played ball, I'm gonna say what, like in the 90s, right? Well, I was definitely playing ball in the 90s, but I, I got to uh I got to Oklahoma in 2000. I ain't quite 40 yet, man. I know you see this going I ain't quite there yet. <laughs> oh, put you my bad. I mean to put you up there with me. So you played ball in the 2000s. 
Uh, as far as like the culture of the team and the temperament of players these days, what are the difference between when you were playing and then these kids you see of this generation? Is it the same? Is there a stark difference? No, you know what? I don't think the temperament of student athletes have changed. I think the pressures um, that, that come along with playing has changed, right? So, you know, when I played, if you had a bad game, the worst thing you could do is read the, the paper the next the next day, uh, and you would get kind of blasted on that. But now with social media, the uh, uh, Twitter and, and Instagram, right. you know, um, people can get a hold of these, these young student athletes within seconds. I mean, you think about – uh, the young man who missed a shot the other day against, you know, at, for Ohio State, you know, within three minutes after the game, you know, he's getting death threats. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy that the pressure that, that, that they had to deal with. And then that comes into the mental health. And I think that ultimately uh, that is the biggest the, the biggest difference I see with with the young young men and just student athletes in general. You know, uh, their love of the game, their their tenacity, their grit, that dog, that ain't changed. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just um, I think they had to be more aware of their, their surroundings because ultimately, you know, this thing right here has ruined a lot of careers. Um, and, and that's unfortunate for them. You know, they, they, you know, from 18 to 22, you know, that's where these young people kind of be who become who they are. And it's unfortunate sometimes that the world has to see um, them make mistakes and, and get judged uh, unlike everybody else. But, you know, that that's kind of the world we live in right now. Okay. And in talking about some some similar on that subject, I want to talk about you've been at Indiana for the past ten years. So obviously you were there during the time of the whole police brutality era that we that we've sort of been in. What was the locker room culture like as far as you know the whole movement of the Black Lives Matter movement versus the you know the Blue Lives Matter? Like how did you guys cope with that with your and keeping tensions down in your locker room? Well, the first thing that you got to do is you can't you can't assume that it's not happening. And, and I'm a coach, but I'm also an African-American man first. Right. So uh, when the cop pulls me over, it doesn't have on my license plate. I'm a football coach. It, it has. And he sees me. He sees my players. He sees you the same thing that he sees there. So the first thing you got to do is you got to go to the ground level. You got to go meet the people where they're at. You know what I mean? And so uh, the first thing that we did with our players is we got them together to talk about uh, what's going on uh, in the country and how they felt about it. What are some of the stances they want to take on it? And we never told them what they could or couldn't do, but ultimately, whatever you do, right, there's a there's a consequence. Sometimes it's a good consequence, sometimes it's a bad. And whatever they decide to do, we're going to do it as a team. So if we didn't want to be out there for the national anthem, we weren't going to do it at, for as a team. It wasn't going to be individuals. And I think ultimately our, our head coach, you know, Tom Allen, uh, he, he went down to where the people are and asked them, what would you like to do? I'm 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 not, you know, African American, so I I don't I don't quite all the way understand it, but help me understand it. And I think that we had an open um dialogue and and uh and that's what we did. And and then ultimately too, I talk about regardless of of, of you know that particular you know situation, I talk to my young men about that all the time. You know what I mean? Um I don't know if I lost you yet. Did I lose lose you guys. No, you good, you good. I talk to my young men all the time about, you know, um, you know, we live in Bloomington and this is a college campus. And uh, although we have some some diversity here, it, it's not like a major city. So ultimately, we, the same thing that our parents talked about, uh, you know, when you get pulled over, the do's and don'ts. Uh, and, and your job is to make sure that you that you live to see another day. So so those are things that, that, that I still talk about every day, because ultimately, although I'm a football coach, 
I'm a coach of young men and and uh, I'm the last person they see before they go out to the real world. So I would make sure I'm, a, I'm an extension of, of their parents uh, because ultimately I told their parents that when they dropped them off and recruiting that I was going to take care of them like my own. So I treat them like that as well. That's a big shout out to your head coach for taking interest to make sure you understand. You know what I mean? A lot of people, especially older people, they, they see things through their own lens. So, I mean, they don't want to take, hey, they can get over it and, you know, everybody's going to do what I say. If they want to if they want to play here, they're going to do what I say. So, hey, big shout out. Big shout out to your head coach for setting that culture right off the bat. From watching y'all this year, it seems like y'all coach really did instill like a, a positive culture. What, what, what was y'all's mantra this year? Uh, well, our, our main thing is LEO, love each other. Yeah, love each other. That, that's, that's what it that, is. That's our main thing. And he talked about that when he first got here, man. And, um, you know, and building leadership and culture, he, he's big on that. He, he's, he, 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 uh, um, um, those are the things that this, we, we've built this, this process. Of, and it's a process. You, you don't get successful and you don't do the things you do overnight. It's something that you got to keep doing it. You got to believe it. They got to know that you feel it. And I think that ultimately, once you set that, that message, once you set that, that, uh, that standard, uh, you don't deviate from it. And, and that's what creates great culture. Right. So, obviously, you know, being in the Big Ten, huge football conference, you have some traditional powerhouses in there, Ohio State. You know, Michigan's kind of been struggling the last few years. Michigan State's a school that's always, you know, but I say always, but for the last 10 years, they've been pretty good. Wisconsin, Indiana traditionally has not been known as a football school. It's a basketball school. But over the last, I say maybe last two years, you guys, maybe three, you've gotten really good. What would you say is the number one reason for your transition from being, you know, a team that, you know, kind of struggles in, to, to assert itself in a, a huge powerhouse conference to a team that's now a threat and a real danger to be one of the top teams? Well, it's always about recruiting, right? It's always going to be about the Jimmys and the Joes, right? And so ultimately, at the end of the day, you got to go out and you got to recruit great talent, you know. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think that at the end of the day, you got to go – get the guys that fit um, um, the culture that you're trying to build. And, and so many times, you know, we try to go out and get guys who are five stars and all these stars, but if that talent doesn't fit the culture you're trying to, to build, then ultimately you're going to cut your, you're going to cut your legs off beneath you. So you got to go get the right guys, the right guys that believe in the things that you, you're preaching. And then you got, you got to hold them to a standard. And the thing is one thing about a standard, a standard can't change. Although the world changes, although certain things change, your standard of what you believe has to, to stay in the front of you. Although sometimes too, you're not, you don't have successful out the gate, you know, and I think that that's the difference between teams that uh, kind of go up and down like this, right? Because their culture changes. And so uh, those are things I think that we tried to do over the last three years in building this thing is making sure that the guys who recruit um, fit um, the Indiana way. And, and that's the way that, you know, uh, the, the LEO culture. And, and that's what uh, we, we tried to do here so far. Yo, coach, are we about to go in first our first commercial break? But if you're looking for two and one stars, man, hey, I think I still got a <laughs> little bit of juice in me. You know what I mean? To well, get out there, everybody says that I'm a big ass tight end. You know what I mean? This ain't flag football. I mean, if a two and star is what you need, man, I love, love each other. I got it, bro. Well, <laughs> we, we can have a send me the letter. We can get a couple of them. <laughs> hey, so hey, we about to go to a little break real quick. Come back, man. This is good stuff. Y'all join us. Hey, everybody that's watching, please make sure you share. And like my boy Foot said, man, let us know where you're watching from. All right. Monique Slater is a top negotiating, award-winning real estate agent. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lions Den. Are you or Seth?
As a financial literacy coach and credit repair specialist, Tracy Brown teaches people the importance of personal finance and help them identify and dispute negative items in their credit reports. Her services allow individuals to leverage the Fair Credit Report Act to improve their overall credit score and credit history to position themselves for home ownership, lower interest rates, entrepreneurship, and general wealth. Give Tracy Brown a call at 618-560-3687. One more time, 618-560-3687. Hey, so welcome back. Hey, I had to give y'all a little bit of remix, I guess, of all the commercials before I got to the right one. But a question for you real quick, uh, Coach. Um, the disparities that, that is popping up right now all over Facebook and social media. It's like you said, everybody's got a phone. And I think everybody's got access to stuff now. Like specifically what's happening in the, um, the basketball tournament right now. You're seeing like the swag bag that the men are getting and then the swag bag that the women are getting. The the food that the women basketball players are getting the men basketball players going. Is there is there a certain thing in the budget that's making it that way or is it just at the discretion of the NCAA or why it's such a big disparity of how each is being supported right now? Well, the great thing about, you know, social media, media it holds everybody accountable. And, and and that lady who is over that, well, she, she's going to be held accountable, and she should be, because ultimately what you saw, um, disparity or not, um, revenue or not, um, no, no person should be treated in, in, in the manner that those women were treated, you know, um, and um, at the end of the day, they got called out. And uh, I think at the day, she, you know, crying, you know, she was she did a, an interview where she was crying or whatnot. But that that that's unacceptable. And the NCA has enough money to make sure that women uh, athletics and sports should have been treated fairly uh, because there are student athletes. They put in the work. Uh, and there's some ballers now, and 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 that should not have uh, happened, uh, in my opinion. And I think that ultimately, um, um, although uh, this thing gets a lot of people in trouble, it also keeps a lot of people accountable for their actions. And so, uh, therefore, I think that uh, um, I, I think there's going to be some some reckoning done with that. Yeah, they really gave them girls hungry man Salisbury steaks. <laughs> they they took the hungry man meal outside of the packet. And gave it to him and said, hey, congratulations for making it into the tournament. So they gave one rack of dumbbells (laughs) for the entire women's tournament. One rack. (laughs) Like, like, that ain't enough for a team. That's for the whole tournament. And then they got this big room. Some yoga mats. Three-thirds of the three-fourths of the room is empty. Right. They said you don't have the space. (laughs) Like, you got a space here for a real gym. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. Man, I, don't think, I don't think there's a barbell over 30 pounds on there. So I don't no, know. They did. It's crazy. Hey, man. Hey, they but, but let me ask you this, Coach. You were talking about the phones, the instant, uh, social media and all that. So, obviously, when you were playing ball, they didn't really have that. Not like that. You know what I'm saying? Social media and all that. So now you got guys who stars before they even get to college, where back in the day, college what made was the first place to actually make you a star. So now you got guys who may be coming in with an ego already, a following. I don't, I know, I don't know how they do it as much as much as football, but in YouTube they got mixtape videos and YouTube followers and all these things. So now they coming into a program with more than likely a big school like Indiana. You may not be the star. So how do you handle when a kid coming in with this ego, not just from being a, a great player in his own town, like always got the ego because you are a big star in your own town in your high school, but now they got the world kind of knowing them already. So how do you get them back to center, back into your program to be able to, you know, kind of start from zero again? 
Well, you know, it's real simple because ultimately on the team, there, there's a whole team full of five stars. Everybody came from their program where they were the man. And ultimately, uh, when you step in between those white lines, it'll tell you, it'll separate the boys from the men. You know what I mean? So ultimately, your, your ego will be checked because ultimately there's there's 120 different egos down there. Everybody was a, a, a Gatorade All-American. Everybody was a parade, you know, first time, you know, first team district so when you get down there and and uh, those guys you know when you're around you know so many different athletes you're not overly impressed by anybody so uh you know i, I think that uh, a lot of it is for show um and 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 you know we're in, we have a culture where everybody wants to be liked i mean you think about it and, and the reason why our our mantra of, of leo is so true because i don't care how big you are how popular you are when when you look at a picture and you're inside of a picture you look at yourself Everybody wants to feel love. Everybody wants to feel appreciated. And it makes no difference if you're a five-star, two-star, if you got $30 million or you got $30. You know, those, those, those common bonds don't change. And I think when you get to the locker room and you feel people's genuineness towards you and your culture, right, because culture is what you feel pressured to do, right? And so when you come into our culture, the pressure of our team, right, is going to make you fall in love to what we're doing. And if you don't fall on to what we're doing, you won't last here. And I think that that's the one thing about culture uh, when it comes to leadership and, and people talk about those two words. Uh, that's exactly what it is. And so, um, you know, your ego's checked at the door. You know what I mean? So you feel like even though with social media and all that, it hasn't really changed. You know, it may be different pressure, but for the, for the athletes, it's still the same thing. Instead, at the end of the day, you got to come here and reprove yourself all over again, no matter what type of rep you had coming in. No doubt about it. And and any competitor is going to make you prove it, right? So if you're some five-star, you come in here, and, and you're supposed to be this and that, and I was some, you know, three-star, well, let's get him between these lines and see what you got. You know what I mean? And so that's what, competi- that's what competitive people do, and especially whether it's basketball, whether it's football, tennis, whatever the case may be, because I'm always trying to prove myself as, as a coach. I, I'm looking at all these guys out here. How can I be the best DB coach out there? And so ultimately, uh, I, I, I took a, a – a, uh, had a chip on my shoulder when I go play the teams and, and I'm the, when Indiana got to go play Ohio state, you know what I mean? When we got to go play Michigan, I, I want to go, I want to go against the best and see where I'm at. And then I can then go back and say, Hey, this is where I need to get better. This is what, this is where, where the, the game is going. And so uh, as a competitor, as a coach, that's what I continue to do each and every day because all there's always somebody who wants your job. So, uh, you know, I, I, I can't stop grinding. All right. Hey, my coach, my coach. My question is uh, for the team cohesion. He want to play for you already. Yeah, he already got him up. Man, I got straight to sign. We ain't even doing the coach. So I remember when I first, my freshman year in college, when I was at the University of Missouri, right? And we shared, I shared a dorm room with football players. And they were all mostly from Texas. Because we used to recruit Texas heavy when we was in the Big 12. Um, so they're, the culture, right? So they're down south. They talk a little different. The music that they was into that whole uh, DJ shoot up. Chop and screw. Slow it down. Yeah, yeah. Slow down. Yeah. yeah. So, so where I'm going with this is, uh, and there were some, there were no clashes, but there was definitely a difference between us Midwest guys and, and the Southern guys. When you're at the university and uh, you're in the, you get those guys finally on, on, um, at the school, and they're all coming from different walks of life, right? You got your hood kids, you got the birds, you got the silver spoon. When they're, what do you guys do to make sure that they're still unit cohesion? Because at the end of the day, even outside of football, they're still going to be that the young boys. You know, you know how young boy, you know how we do. We do stupid right. stuff. So how do you guys keep that tension down? 
Well, it's kind of crazy because because of social media and these guys these days, they, they play on these 707 leagues. A lot of them know each other already. You, you'll be amazed how, um, you know, I'm recruiting some guys that, that already are friends with people they never even met before, but, but it's all through social media. So a lot of these guys who they play with one another uh, against one another in 707s, uh, they, 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 they have these traveling teams. And so uh, and they do these uh, these these Nike combines and these Under Armour combines and they see each other all over the country. So a lot of them already, already know one another. And it's just the game has changed a little bit because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, you know, two different cultures coming together. But I'll be honest with you, we, we don't have a whole lot of issues with that i mean because ultimately I, I think that the bond of of listening to whatever rap that you we got guys from memphis and you know uh pooh shiesty i think that, that that's the guy you know they, they listen to now uh and, and and they love it you know what i'm saying and our we we put that that rap on man and you would have thought that i had never heard the song before we did doing a motivational the whole team white black country Rich, poor, they start <laughs> rapping it, and you would have thought that they shut it down. You know what I'm saying? Good and time. that was the game we played Penn State. So I told them to start playing Poo, Poo Shiesty all the time. I think that's hip-hop, man. I think that's hip-hop impact because I think before hip-hop was so expansive, like kids from other coaches and other places didn't have that one common thing that could connect mm-hmm. everybody. So now you got a kid from – North Dakota, kid from Utah, Miami, Chicago, New York, Minnesota, they can all come to the same room, know nothing about each other, nothing about each other's background, but, oh, you like dude too? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, well, we be listening to Buddy and put each other on the music, and now they just come together over hip-hop and football, that's and from that, they can build on that. No, that's a common bond. And, and, I, and just in general, black culture is, is American culture because ultimately you see that from the suburbs, to the inner city, it doesn't make a difference. Our our swag, our our, our musical talents, it, people, it, it's 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 uh it's, it's all over the world, and um and I think that uh, it's, it's here to stay. So ultimately, I, I think that brings people together. And you'll be surprised too, right? There are a lot of guys from the inner city that you thought that wouldn't listen to country, right? They'll toss that thing on in the, in the locker room, and it goes both ways because ultimately, it's 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 understanding and learning. We're all the same, right? No matter if you're rich or poor, a parent wants their children to have the best education, the best mm-hmm. opportunity, right, and and to to be better than what they were, right. And every child wants to go and 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 get the greater things in life. So these things bring us together. And that's what's so great about a locker room, man. It, that that football, if a football locker room was like our the world, we wouldn't have no issues, you know. Because ultimately, you do have to go down and you have to have empathy for people, all right, and what they're going through. And a football locker room makes you do it because you're in close uh close proximity to one another right you can't you can't shield it off because my locker is next to a guy who is from the 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 the, the sticks right and i gotta sit there and him and i to coincide gotta see where each other come where we come from and our issues and we have to have empathy based on them and, and that don't mean we have to agree right i just have that empathy where you come from and i think that you see that on great teams yeah coach Speaking about black coach, I want to I want to move a little bit into being a black coach, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like black quarterbacks and black coaches it seems like they're under the most scrutiny when it comes to athletics. Um, tell, can you talk? Get a little bit into that. You know what I'm saying about why do you feel like it's not enough black? We uh, these black players make up most of the league. Uh, 
when we look at the top positions like quarterbacks and coaches, they don't make up a, a fair share percentage of that. What are the roadblocks and what are the obstacles black coaches is facing from getting those positions? And do you see it getting better? Well, you know, we, we've come a long ways. I mean, you, you look at our staff right now, it's, we have 10 uh, full-time assistant coaches, uh, five are African-American and, and, and five are, are white. So uh, we do have some uh, diversity in, in that aspect. Um, but, you know, coaching is no different from uh, America, corporate America, right? I mean, we, we, uh, uh, we are some of the top consumers of a lot of different products. But when you look at the boards, uh, we're not represented in a way uh, that we should be. And, and athletics um, it has come a long way, but we got a long ways to go. And I think people understand that. They see it. Uh, but the only way we do it is we got to continue to um, um, teach our young people and, and guide them in the right direction uh, to go there. Because ultimately, you know this, right? We, we don't get a whole lot of chances. So right. when I when I'm coaching here, I got to make sure that, that 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 I'm doing the little things right, and uh, my, I feel like my players got to be at their top all the time. And and I explain that to them. Hey, listen, man, uh, you know I get one shot, and they understand it. And 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 so um, you know, um, I, you know, we, we definitely got a long ways to go. And I and I think people see that, people understand that. And I think when, as as um, we become more of a melting pot, I think you'll see. Uh, get a little bit better but uh for me to sit here and say that we've arrived that that would be uh me straight line and and i'm not going to do that so um but we got to train our young men and women to make sure that when we get this opportunity uh we don't squander it because ultimately there's another coach shelby behind me and so the way i carry myself the way i give interviews the way i i, I uh, interact with my family um it has to be at the top level because uh we're getting judged and the next generation is going to get judged based on my actions. And so I've, I've been taught that since I was a little boy. You know, it, it is what it is, you know. And so uh, uh, luckily for me, I've had, I had two great parents and a, and a sister that was, was tough on me to make sure that I understood that. And um, it takes a village to do it. It takes a community to do it. And I, and I tell parents all the time recruiting, you know, if I see your son not doing right, I'm going to scoop him up straight up. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, when you're in the mall and you got your pants hanging down off your butt, we are getting judged, period. And if you see my son out and he ain't doing right, you got to scoop him up because that's what family does. And so uh, I'm just big on that. You know, uh, there's going to be another guy after me. And the way I sit in this office, the way I represent it will open the doors or shut doors, right? We'll shut doors if I don't do it the right way. And that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But we got to own up to them. We got to understand them. And then we got to ultimately get better. So with with that being said, uh, as you being a black coach, what do you feel could be done? I mean, I know we have the powers that be, and that's one fight. So you all you always have that struggle, but at the same time, there's things that we we can control ourselves. So then what can you what do you think as you being a black coach, you've been the one that's risen to the position that you have, which is pretty high at this point. You know, you're the assistant head coach, you've worked your way through the ranks. What would you give as a suggestion to other black coach? I mean, we all know to work twice as hard to get half as far, but what do you think? There's always the difference that got you here, other than you just somebody giving you a chance. Right. So what can you say? These are the things that are in your power to control. What do they? more black coaches need to do to get where you've gotten? 
Well, ultimately, you just got to stay the course, right? And, and at the end of the day, I think so many people see me where I'm at now, but they don't realize, and and, and I keep, you know, I, it's crazy. If I, if I open up my Bible, I keep my pace up when I was at the University of San Diego, and I was a young coach, and I'm making $924 every other week. My rent was 1100 bucks. Here I am, a college guy. I got a college degree. I got a master's degree, and I'm making 900 and 24 bucks. So when people say, oh, you coach overpaid, I put in my time. I put in my struggle. I, I was dedicated to it. And uh, when all my buddies were, were were in corporate America with corporate accounts and they're flying and traveling, I was eating tuna sandwiches every day. And so, um, and I'm never going to uh, 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 forget that. But ultimately, as I move up the rank, and I think that this is what we got to get to, and I have an opportunity to become a head coach and a man uh, who uh, a, a position of power, then I got to give the opportunity to other people who look like me the same opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Now you got to be qualified. I'm not going to give you anything because ultimately, at the end of the day, nobody gave it to me. So there are qualified African Americans out there. We got to put them in an opportunity to be successful, and then we got to give them time. Right? We got to give them time. And so, um, you know, typically, if you're becoming the head coach of a program, it's probably because it hadn't been doing very well. So. We, we got to make sure that we get in there. We, we, we got to help each other out and, and not this crab in a bucket type of deal. Um, you know, the more I can help you out, the better we're going to be. And, and, um, and we just can't forget, you know what I'm saying? And ultimately I can never forget that ultimately somebody had to give me an opportunity. Somebody right. had to give me a chance and I can't forget that once I, I'm where I'm at. And so uh, anytime I have an opportunity to, uh, um, to hire a qualified guy or get somebody that can be trained, Right. You know, they use a deal where, where, where he, he, he does, he is not as, as, as uh, um, uh, ready yet. Right. Well, we got to train him. Somebody had to train me. Somebody take time and invest in me. So I got to make sure I take the time to invest in somebody else and, and not forget when I'm sitting down in that office, uh, you know, where I came from. Absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, that's how we progress, man. We get to a certain part and then we pull somebody else to where we're at. You know what I'm saying? Don't make them suffer through everything. You know what I'm saying? Try to clear that lane for them as much as you can so they can carry the torch forward. Hey, everybody listening right now, we on with uh, Coach Brandon Shelby. We about to go to another commercial break. Hey, if y'all are feeling this, please share. Share, share like you always do. We'll be right back. Monique Slater is a top negotiating, award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building general wealth through homeownership, while providing exponential service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get anyone into a home and has sold homes in less than six hours. After servicing the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And if you're in San Antonio or relocating there, Give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Give Monique a call at 210-237-7268. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent, southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. 
located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW Post 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lion's Den sent you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lion's Den. Are you or someone you know looking for a tool to help them be more accountable? Check out the Black Collar Mindset, the art of strategic thinking. It's a manual to help maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable every step of the way. Go to theblackcollarmindset.com to grab your copy today. Again, the website is theblackcollarmindset.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's get it together. So one thing I do realize is that Seth can really see me during the commercial breaks because I can see all of y'all. So now I know he sees me flipping them off or doing whatever I'm doing <laughs> during the commercial breaks. Oh, man. Hey, now I know that and I need to I need to act accordingly. Oh, God, God dang. Hey, Larry, what you got, brother? Hey, hey coach. Uh, this goes into you when you're recruiting and you're going into the homes. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to the homes. Um, outside of the pandemic, because we already know the pandemic forced us to go a new route, but, you know, a traditional, normal, with post-pandemic. Uh, when you go into a home and you got a kid and you talk to his parents or whoever it is that's, that's, that's um, responsible for them, and they're trusting you to lead them and turn their young boy into a man, like, can you go into the details about how that interaction goes? Yeah, you know what? In, every interaction is different because some people need different things, right? You know, sometimes you go into a house where, like, you know, I'll take me, for example, I'll give two different extremes, right? Well, you know, my mother and father were present in, 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 in our, you know, me growing up. So I didn't need that strong, you know, father figure, right? I had my own father who was right there, uh, you know, supporting me and, and calling me out along with that motherly love and then my sister who was 10 times harder on me, right? Uh, and so some homes are different. Sometimes I go into a home where, you know what, there's 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 not a father figure there. And so they're looking for you to be uh, um, that that kind of that that link. Right. And just like anything, you know, recruiting is, is nothing more than sales. Right. And so uh, you have to find the, 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 the wants and the needs of, uh, of that particular player. Right. And then you got to tell them, how can I help you develop you based on your, your needs and wants? Right. So ultimately, um, that's kind of how it goes. And it, it, one thing about people, right, you, you they can tell whether or not um, if it's phony, you know, you know what I'm saying? If it's it's cliche talk. Right. They know if it's coming from your heart. And the one thing that, that has helped me recruit um, is because guys understand, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm here for the betterment. Of, of, of young men to get their degree. And I'm using football to do it. I'm using those life, life lessons to do it, right? Cover two is cover two. Whether you're at Michigan, whether you're at Ohio State, cover three is cover three, whether you're playing peewee football or here. You know what I'm saying? So what makes a recruitment guys different is ultimately that 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 um, relationship. You think about it, you know, um, each one of these universities spend these millions of dollars, millions of millions of dollars. We just spent $20 million on a new locker room. We just built... All this new stuff, that's a lot of stuff, right? So then what difference between everybody, if a 60, if you got a 65-inch TV and I got one too, what's the difference? 
it's the company that you keep when you watch the television, right? Can I feel at home, right? Do I feel like I'm at a family reunion, right? When we can laugh and we can joke. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm going to hold you to the standard of what you want. If you want to go to the league, I got I to hold you to a, a, a league standard. You want your, your college degree? I got to hold you to that standard. And that's the essence of love. Because when we talk about love all the time, it ain't just we sitting here kumbaya all the time, right? Love is patting you on the back when you do right. And also, love is also correcting you when you do wrong. And in my DB room, I got two rules. Two rules only. Do what you say you're going to do and don't lie. And those two things, if you can do that, when you leave my 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 uh, my four to five years here, I think that you're going to be a heck of a, a, a young man. Do what you say you're going to do. And that's the biggest thing that I think that has changed in when you talk about young people is the the, the element of their word. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, you guys are a military background. When you're supposed to be somewhere, you're there 10 minutes early. Right. 15. If you tell somebody you're going to be there, you're going to do it. And so those are the one reason why I would get my butt whooped as a young uh, as a kid. You tell you're going to do something, you do it. And so mm-hmm. those are the things that I think in recruiting, they know uh, that I'm sincere about. And uh, and that's what it, that's what it, it boils down to. It's not some there is no magic about it. If you're fake, you're phony, you got you got these little one liners all the time. They, 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 they hear that all the time. But you, you know what I'm saying? So uh, you got a mother has to understand when she drops off her baby boy um, that you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna take care of, her, right? You know, football is great. And that, she wants to know that she's going to take care of her baby boy. And at nighttime, she can sleep knowing that he's in he's in good hands, right? And, and ultimately, I, I had a player, too. This is a prime example. He got here. His parents bought him this new you know, Jeep. And his grades suffered. So I took that mother. Instead of my instead of my house in six months. What's up? That's what's up. Because because I said because I told his mom and dad that I was gonna treat him, I was gonna be an extension of you. Yeah. Right. And so that's what and that's what I did. And ultimately he's gonna graduate. He's gonna have an opportunity to go uh, play a long time in the NFL. And so I, I think that when you hear those stories and I tell people the things that I say, go go check them out. Go go ask go ask some of the other student athletes, am I telling the truth? And once they see that, they understand the passion of it, then I, I think ultimately they understand that um, the love that I have for them is more than just yeah. being a football player. And 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 uh, um, and, and, and that's kind of kind of how it goes. Hey, real so, quick, I gotta address I gotta address this real quick. Hey Seth, this is our this is a host right here. Hey Seth, you can't pat him on the ass, man. That's sexual assault, bro. We can't you can't do that. I wanna put that we do not condone this on the lines then. I just want y'all saw that. We don't do we're not condoning that. Just wanna let you know. Yeah, trying to get us got trying to get us in trouble, man. Come on. Yeah, man, this is cancel culture, man. You can't get me canceled on the lines then, man. But listen, but, but speaking of the, the new age and the way things are gone, you're talking about recruiting. Uh is it apparently well hopefully there's going to be a new wrinkle added to recruiting and that's going to be the money uh and a lot of these players want to get paid you've had that new law pushed in california about college athletes getting paid uh i want to know what's your stance on it because i I personally have a stance on it uh and i would like to know you as a college coach who not only will have to deal with students who may be getting paid but you're gonna have to recruit them and that's going to be a new aspect into your recruiting that you're going to have to uh, now consider, well, maybe you didn't have to in the past. Alabama been doing that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, I won't give an answer to that, but I'll throw out a couple of things for you. And then okay. you guys can decide on that answer there is number one, um, you know, 
college athletics is a multi-billion dollar business, right? And what you have to understand is, um, um, I know everybody wants everybody to get paid, but there's a domino effect, you know, you know, and what happened. And then when you open this box, are you willing to accept what's, what's, what's about to come? And, and, and all indication is, is going to happen. But let's just look at a couple of things and just let's give you a couple of examples. So if this is a billion dollar business um, and, and the top is always going to get paid. Period. It is what it is. You name one CEO, don't make the same as the vice president. The vice president don't make the same as the, the, the manager. And the manager makes more than the guy in the warehouse, right? That's that's America. That That's that's how, how things work. Um, with that being said, so uh, we're going to have to pay these 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 athletes based on their likeness and image. Well, um, if there's going to be an increase, let's take, for example, so the, the, the flight industry, right? If fuel goes up, what do they then do? They then charge you, instead of charging you $20 for your bag, they charge you $25. So they pass it down to you, the consumer, right? So ultimately, business-wise, it's going to have the same thing. So when you go to the game and you get that $3 Coke, it's going to go up to 5 bucks, right? You get that, that parking, it's going to go from $15 to $40. You're ultimately going to pay for it. And then this is one thing that, 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 hasn't ha- that, that we don't know yet, right? Power 5 programs and uh, um probably won't be affected, you know, but what happens is when you look at uh, universities, like I was at Monroe, Louisiana, well, they can't afford to pay maybe right. what LSU can pay. Right. And so what happens to those mid majors? What happened to those guys who quite not at, at, at the power five school? Okay. Does that university uh, athletic program exist? Right. Or then we start kind of separating the power five from the non power five. Right. And then ultimately at the end of the day, what happens to non-revenue sports? So when you know, you know, Miss 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 Miller's baby who's running track at you know whatever school that is a non-revenue sport, does that sport get cut to make sure that we pay for football and basketball and revenue sports? It's a lot of things that could happen that can ruin college athletics. And so when you know you guys have a, a responsibility too that the things that you say on your podcast or whatever. It could affect a whole lot of young. We talk about young African American anybody who uh, don't don't participate in a, in a power five sport or, or in a uh, in a revenue sport. Scholarships could, could get taken. Sports could get eliminated to make sure that we pay for football and basketball. So I think that ultimately too, um, um, it, it and it just popped up. You think about this too now. If I can pay you, now you're an employee. So if you're now an employee. And you don't fire. do your job, then what can I do? Fine, I can fire you. So then, what happens to these these individuals who come from poverty uh, places that would, wouldn't have an opportunity to get a degree? Now I'm I'm using you to play, play football, and if you don't pan out to be what I thought you were going to be, I can take that scholarship away, right? So we got we got to be careful about where we're going and what we say because it sounds great. But everything has a an effect, and and I don't know what it's going to be, and you have to decide that, you know, um, what's going to be the next thing if you give coaches the opportunity to take scholarships away based on whether or not that five star didn't pan out. So I thought you guys could do that now, though. I thought you, I thought that no, no, you you can't do that. You 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 have to unless you you know fail drug test or you 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 know break the law, don't go to class. We can't take a scholarship from you. But you can. And I've never seen a coach in all my years of, of coaching. I've never seen a, a coach take a scholarship away from a guy based on his athletic ability. 
Maybe I was using the wrong term. I meant like uh, they offer you four one-year scholarships. They can just not yeah. offer you another scholarship the next year, yeah. which is essentially kind of the same thing, right? Well, once again, I, I've never seen anybody take you. You do have a, your scholarship is renewable every year, right? right? And that's to keep guys in line. To a long time ago, I don't know if it's true or not, but it was it was a it was a thing where a guy had gotten in trouble. He he had broke the law, and because he had a four-year scholarship, they couldn't get rid of. Him. Right, because he signed a contract. So what they did was to make sure that 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 we keep, you know, the right people in the right spot. And this happened decades ago, right? That they went to one year in renewable, right? And that just makes it the contract between you and I to make sure that you continue to go to class, you do what you're supposed to do, you don't fail, you know, drug tests, and you treat women with respect. Uh, and that's the reason. But I've never seen a coach take away a scholarship just based on whether or not um, you you paying out on the football field. Well, you don't mind. I just want to kind of follow up about the question about paying students. This is what I thought about it. I've thought about it a few times. I had a conversation with other athletes. Uh, instead of paying students, why not just allow students to make money off their own likeness? So that way you do not threaten the smaller schools who cannot afford to pay players. You do not threaten the non-revenue generating sports. And then you also don't have to worry about a paying tier where I pay a five star this much or a, a two star this much. Cause then that creates a problem. Well, now the two star may have been the starter now and the five star is not starting. And then they got a whole argument there, but if you just allow players to say, listen, I can I mean, same way. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, do it on my own. If, if I have enough fame to make money off my name, allow me to do so legitimately. Therefore the school don't even need to be involved. The school can still make money off my name, too. I guess you can work out, I guess, a, a partnership like selling jerseys. But that way, now we're not affecting the actual revenue for the... I mean, I guess you're affecting the sub because the school going to lose some revenue. But you're not actually paying players. They're not employees. That takes away the firing part. It's more like a partnership. Well, like I said, too, that, that that's that's in the works and looks like it's going to happen. But this is where, where, where once again, you can't take me out of it because ultimately we talked about going into a situation where we have young recruits who have not talked about it. So if a company is going to pay you for your likeness and image, right? More than likely you're going to get a 1099, which means they haven't taken out taxes. So then ultimately, if I get a young man who doesn't know about taxes, I'm paying you this money at the end of the year, we got to pay taxes. You got to pay an agent fee, right? You also got to do all these other things that we want. Uh, um, and, and that's what college is for, right? We're asking these young people to come out of high school, right? Who, um, and then we're going to throw all these things that adults do. A lot of adults don't do themselves the right way. Mm. And then I also got to make sure that I win. Also got to make sure you're doing great in school. Also got to make sure that uh, uh, of your grades are right and things like this. So these things are going to happen, but do we have the right things in place to make sure that these, these people don't fall by the wayside? And then when you get out of college, my credit is shot. I can't go get a nice house because – I didn't pay my taxes. I didn't. I didn't pay these type of deals. So there's so many different things that kind of go into it. That right now we're we're, we're working uh, through because it looks like it's going to happen. All right. We just got to make sure that at the end of the day, the student athlete um, is taken care of. So you're absolutely correct. Those are different ways that I think could happen. And I don't know if it's ever going to be. Um, you know, then, then you think about this. You think about um, tampering, right? Let's say I went out and I got this great recruit, and he, he he's he's a He's going to be a baller. And then we go play this great school. And as he walks to a bus, uh, some company who is affiliated with another university, hey, listen, I'm on boom, 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 transfer. 
So now you can you can you can get in the transfer portal. So it's so many different things that can happen that we're not taking into account. And then what happens to the game? Right? What happens to the essence of the of the true game? And that's the reason why it's college, and then you matriculate to professional, right? Because ultimately these four years, we train you a certain way so that you're ready for the NFL. And you see this. So then why are so many professional athletes uh, in financial disarray after they make all this money? Because they don't know and don't have the training, right, when they're in college. So now we're going to do it from a guy who's in high school. So I just – there's so many things, and I think that everybody – it's enough for everybody out there. So don't let me say that – could they get some more money? I'm, hey, I get that. I understand. I was once a student athlete. But when me making my scholarship check at Oklahoma, I think it was 970 these guys take home, shoot, $2,000 a month right now. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's some people who don't take home $2,000 a month. So what is going to really be enough, right? What What is really going to be enough? And I just think that ultimately I just think when you start throwing a lot of money into certain things, eventually things implode. And I just – I hate for it to ruin our game, right? Um, and so I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a question that, you know, I think it's going to keep getting talked about, uh, but uh, it's coming, it's on its way. And we got to figure out as coaches to make sure that we put our student athletes in the, the right situation to be successful. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one solution to that is probably doing some sort of stipend that's even across the field. That's just my opinion on that whole thing, because the NCAA and these schools are eating big time off these players. So we, we all understand that. Like, they eating big time off these players. And a lot of these folks with the stories we hear behind the scenes, some of these cats are eating noodles or not even eating sometimes at the end of the day, you know, and it's just sad to hear. It's like, how is that possible? But anywho, I'm going to shift to something more positive, and I want to talk about the student-athlete because I look at the student-athletes and the military is almost the same. We represent the brand, and we, we're, we're invested in the communities. So I'm going to talk about the community piece. A lot of the times I see student athletes like doing things to, like at the local hospitals or charity events. You know, is that something that they do on their own or is that something that's part of the program? You know? No, you know what? I think that's ultimately a lot of times that's what the top down to. Our, our, our head coach and, and every place I've been to from, from when I was at Oklahoma, um, we, we take on um, different uh, community projects that are important a lot of times to the head coach. Uh, coach Stoops was big on the children's hospital. So I, every time we went to a bowl game, every Tuesday, he would go to, to see the children at the Cancer uh, Institute. You know, Coach Allen is, is is big on reading across America. So our guys do a lot of going to the, the local uh, uh, um, elementary schools and middle schools to make sure they're reading and got to be a part of uh, our communities. I mean, and that, we are here to serve our communities. At the end of the day, um, um, we're here to serve and people want to see us. You know, it, it's it's like any type of business, right? My dad was a business owner for 40-some years. And the one thing that he used to always tell me is, I have to go to work because people want to see me, right? I could be tired, right? I know I've been working all day, but that's important to the community because they support us on Saturdays and Friday afternoons. They, people spend their, their hard-earned money to come out there and sit four or five hours, whether it's two degrees or 120. So it's imperative to make sure that they see us in our community and we make sure that we serve the people that, that, that support us. And I, and I think that that's just that's something with with college athletics. I think a lot of schools do. And that's something that we have to continue to do. And I think that uh, outreach, uh, because ultimately I was once a kid, too, at elementary. And you can say whatever you want to say. They look up to us. Right. And those are things that we have to teach people about giving back. It ain't about me. Not all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And you can be successful. And really, the guys get more joy out of giving anyway. And once they kind of go there and they, they get in, in, in that atmosphere, they're like big mm-hmm. old kids, too. They're out there playing dodgeball and high. They love it because they can go back and just be normal. There's nobody out there recording them. There's nobody out there judging them. When they go back and they get into their 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 kids again, and you, it's amazing to see. And then so you're absolutely correct. Uh, that's something that we we continue to do when we have um, we have different councils where I'm on. We're starting to hear a, a mentorship um, um, program here in the next you know in the next few months. Just getting people out so that that the community can see us. And, and they can understand that. And they just give us a little bit that we're human, too. I, I think sometimes people forget because they see you on TV. They see you, you know, they put your, your your salary all over the place. They forget that ultimately, man, the same things that you earn, earn for, I, I do, too. Right. And I, right. I want to be accepted. I love to be around people. I love to laugh and joke and and and, and, and things of that nature. So uh, I think that's also important. All right. Hey, I don't know what happened to Larry. Don't stop. Hey, but real quick before we wrap up, I wanted to hit on what Deion Sanders has been doing down there in Jackson State and uh, HBCUs. Um, you know, here recently, especially with all the uh, the riots and stuff like that jumped up, there was a big push for people saying, hey, we should be sending our kids to HBCU. Uh, being a black coach at a Power 5 school, what was your thoughts on that? And then also, real quick, what was your thoughts on what Deion is doing down there in Jackson State? Well, I always have a... Uh... A, a, a spot in my heart for HBCUs. My sister went to Fisk, you know, got to give shout out down to, to, to Nashville and, and, and Tennessee. She went there. And so uh, when I was uh, uh, still in high school, I would go visit her. And I saw um, that community love of, of teaching um, um, uh, people that look like us and teaching us our, our history and our culture. And I, I remember she would come back home and she would tell me things that a lot of times we don't hear in the universities that that we're a part of now and so hbcus have been a part of um this 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 country and i think it's imperative that we continue to support them because ultimately at the end of the day that education that you get down there i think it's always going to be different from the one that you get here and uh um and so for Deion sanders to go down there and to bring his 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 star um his star power there and show uh, that 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 the, the the things that we can do down there because along you know some years ago we weren't allowed to, to play at these these power five institutions right HBCUs is all we had right and so um, it's awesome to see what he's doing I hope uh, he continues to turn uh, uh, Jackson State around and 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 give um, um, uh, people a different um, perspective of what's going down at HBCUs and and hopefully that puts pressure on government to make sure that we continue to fund them. You know, um, I went to the University of Oklahoma and Langston was was up the street. You know, those things, I think, are imperative for our, our culture and everybody can't go to a, you know, a, a state school. And so uh, they're, 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 it's expensive. It's 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 crazy. And so I think it's awesome that, that what he's doing. And I'm always going to be in favor for HBCUs. Uh, I love them. And, uh, you know, I'm always going to be in support for them. All right. OK, hey, so. First off, I want to, again, extend my gratitude for taking time out of y'all's day for coming on to the den. Appreciate it. I know, I mean, people was really representing in these comments, so I know they got a lot out of it. Now, the truth be told, I'm just a comedy guy on the show. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm all the way out of my element, man, but I'm, I thank you guys for carrying me through this, man. Really had a blast doing it. Um, Larry, you got any last words, words brother? 
Yeah, yeah, I wanted to hit you with a question, but I'll just put it in and frame it, and you can comment on it if you want or not. But uh, I just want to say thank you guys, obviously, for coming on, uh, especially our co-guests, our, our special guests. Appreciate you. It was good times, and we kind of killed it. I think we killed it. It was a great show, and we still got more to come. But, you know, time just ran out. But I'll leave you with this, and uh, and I'm hoping that this is the message that, as the coach, you guys are all instilling in your college athletes, is that education should be at the forefront. And playing football is the reason it got you there, you know, so that you can get to school for free and walk out with no debt. Unlike, you know, those gifts that they have, I got student debt, and I'm trying to still get rid of it at my age. But ultimately, you know, I love college sports, all sports. I'm a big fan of it. I love what you guys are doing as far as raising these young men and women into adults and being productive citizens. So kudos to you guys, but just hope that education, because only a small percent goes to the next level. So hopefully the others are taking the education piece really serious and doing something with it as a backup plan. But, and then I'll leave you with that. Yo, Lance, Lance, hey, again, thanks, brother. Appreciate you coming out. Hey, tell everybody where they can find you again and your last thoughts. Man, first of all, I appreciate y'all for inviting me on to the show. Thanks a lot. You know what I'm saying? I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Brandon, I definitely want to salute you, uh, not only because you are uh, a black man in the position that you're in, but you're a young black man position that you're in was I think uniquely puts you in a position to be able to relate to these young black men as opposed to because I think it's a little bit harder when you're talking to an older black man maybe he's 50 60 70 years old you're, you're closer to the culture you're closer to what they come up with the music and I think it's great that as a 17 year old 18 year old I can look at someone who only maybe 20 years older than me and in a high position and you know what I'm saying get that type of leadership so I want to salute you for that and I wish you the best in your career as far as me uh, like I say, man, pardon my ugly everything, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, the website, pardon my ugly. Uh, we don't do too much sports talk on there, so I actually enjoy really getting to talk sports, man. I don't get to do it as much as I like, especially I enjoyed the conversation with you gentlemen. So, uh, man, so thanks for having me on. Appreciate the opportunity. Now, if y'all go to part of my ugly, get y'all head buzzed. Don't blame me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been part of that group for a while, man. I got roasted a few times. I know how it is. You know what I'm saying? It's at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brandon. Hey, brother-in-law, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I know you a very busy man, and I man, I've been wanting to get you on here. You know what I mean? But I know you know talking to your sister like you steady, stay busy, man. So leave us with your last words and where to find you. Well, I, I tell you what, man. I really appreciate you guys having me me on, on this uh, this podcast, and uh, you know I love to see uh, uh, young brothers doing things the right way in a positive way and showing there's a different way. You don't have to be all just football, right? We, 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 we're, we're so much talent, more talented than, than just athletics. And, um, you know, I didn't get here by myself, right? Um, you know, and, and I'd be crazy to sit here and say that I did. You know, uh, I had a great family, and, and, and Herm is, is, is joining my family. And so when he gave me this, uh, this invitation to jump on here, I ain't never too busy for family. I ain't never too busy for my people um, because ultimately my people are the ones that encouraged me to – to keep going, right? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, they, there have been some times where I called home and said, I, I'm tired, you know what I'm saying? And what I keep hearing is there's so many people that look up to you that expect you to keep going. And so when I get tired, you guys pushing me to keep going. When I come here and, and fight these daily battles um, in here, it's because of men like you. And ultimately, our young men need to see positive people like us doing things the right way, having a successful career, making money the correct way, getting education, because I think when we get our education, we're the most dangerous species uh, on this planet, because ultimately we think outside the box, 
We're funny. We're good looking. We can roll. We can hang with the best of them. And I give kudos to my African-American women. They're rolling. I mean, I, I come to this university and we need to pick our stuff up. You know, uh, men need to we need to keep going. And and uh, I appreciate you. Uh, keep supporting us and uh, love you guys. Leo, man, keep it going. I ain't ever too busy. I'm finishing up a book. Uh, lessons of a black swimmer okay. right it's gonna be some some great things i'm finished up th- th- this uh this summer so i'm gonna get back on the show uh it's a quick read i think you guys are gonna love it man let's keep this thing going Absolutely. no doubt hey and and i love that you say you're gonna bring it right back to the show so i, mean, I could float you know i don't swim that much but I, my big ass can get out there and float a little bit with you i actually i, like I could actually swim i could swim before i could walk like i have one in like six months so i swim oh, like yeah. i went to an all-white high school and i used to act like i couldn't swim because i knew that you know a black kid can't swim and then i'd kill him <laughs> you're gonna love this book you're gonna, you're gonna love this book man it's funny yeah. it you some great things right man it's gonna be awesome and it's a short read you know me man i after about 100 50 pages, I'm, I'm yeah. out. So yeah. I'm going to keep it short, get right to the point, get you something that you can read on the plane and get it going. We'll definitely check it out. Hey, Checking it out. Thank you, brothers. And like like Seth said, you know, I smell a part two coming as well. We may, definitely going to make that happen. Appreciate y'all's time. And then also the listeners, man. Appreciate y'all coming in and, and showing support for the show. Hopefully y'all got something out of it. Keep the comments coming. Uh, we'll have this uh, edited on all YouTube and also on Roku Fire Stick. The show will also be there in a couple of days. Thank you guys. Much love to y'all and good night. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www facebook.com slash lionscast check out the book the black collar mindset the art of strategic thinking on amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable tune in next week for another episode of the lion's den with seth